Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Apart from the Bible, you cannot experience the power of God. And apart from the Bible, you can't truly have wisdom. See, the Bible is given to you that it might navigate you and lead you through life. You know, it would be a whole lot less counseling in the church today if people knew the B-I-B-L-E. The Bible. The Word of God. And it's sad how people, each week, I'm still amazed. Here we are, nine and a half years in, in ministry in this church, and people still come every single week. And say, man, Pastor Roddy, I'm glad it's my first time here. And they're like all excited. And I'm glad that I found a church that's teaching the Bible. I mean, how many of you felt that way when you first walked in? You heard the word of God. Look, that's most of us. And that was me too when I first walked into Calvary Chapel in Vista, California. All dressed up. People had on flip-flops and T-shirts, y'all. I was like, oh, this is a Jesus cult. I know it. It's one of them cults. I know it. The kids' classrooms was uh, gutted gutted school buses out back. I said, oh, they put my babies in a school bus. They're going to drive them off somewhere. I don't know what they're going to do. What they going to do to my babies? And I walked in, and, man, I heard the pastor. He was standing up there. Like, you know, just, you know, dressed in a shirt and a pair of pants and teaching the Bible, just teaching the word. No running around, no hooping. Say amen if you know what I mean. All right, now, that's some of y'all. Okay, if you don't know, ask me later. I'll tell you what hooping is. Oh, I'll tell you now. That's when they know they go, you know, and the Lord said, God wants to save you. You better get saved. You know, and you got to kind of get that asthmatic breathing thing going on, you know, between words. And, you know, and it wasn't all that going on. And at first it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, man, that's not preaching. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're doing, but that's not right. That's where I felt when I first. I tell you what, though, the pastor was preaching in the book of Revelation. I mean, me and Elvira sat on that back row, and by the time he was finished preaching the word, I was in tears. And I'm trying to hide it, because Elvira's sitting there, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> why? Because God's word affected my life that day, and I will never forget, I saw that guy teaching the Bible, and I thought, man, if he can teach the Bible, anybody can. <laughs> now, it wasn't because he, was he was an awesome teacher. But because there was no show and no fanfare and there wasn't all this, you know, you know, the big eyes and the little U's kind of thing going on in the church, it made me feel like this is something that I can grasp. You understand me? 
and, 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 and people, you see, they try to live their lives apart from the word of God. They try to live their lives apart from the wisdom of God and from the word of God. And I'll tell you, you cannot have power unless you know God's word. Now, look, you can shout, you can jump, you can swing from the ceiling, you can talk about power all day long. But you will never truly know the power of God until you truly know the word of God. There is a connection between the two. And don't forget that. You can talk about power. Hey, I can talk about power with you. Power. Okay. But when we're done screaming, do you know God's word? Do you know the Bible? Or are you ignorant of God's word? It is so important. God's word is so important. I got to move on. Notice in verse 30 in your Bibles how Jesus answers their question. Jesus said in the resurrection, they are neither married or given in marriage. In other words, in the resurrection, when you get to heaven, there will be no need for sexual relationships because no one will be reproducing in heaven. There won't be exclusive relationships in heaven because we are the bride of Christ. We will be married to the father. But I want you to notice their presumption now. you got to get this. Their presumption was based on underscore their understanding of heaven. You know, people have all kinds of unscriptural understandings, presumptions, ideas about heaven. You know, there's a lot of people who actually think that Peter is going to be standing at the pearly gates. They do. They think Peter's going to be standing there. Why? Because all the stories and the jokes, you know, hey, have you heard the one about Peter at the pearly gates? And people take that stuff as doctrine. You know, this is like truth, you know. Peter ain't going to be standing at the pearly gates. But people have their understanding of, of, of what heaven will be like. I hate Hollyweird's version of heaven. You know, you see Hollywood movies and, you know, heaven is, you know, little naked babies. You know, not naked, not naked, naked, no naked babies, you know, floating around on clouds, playing harps, flying around with wings, you know, in heaven, in Hollywood's weird version of heaven, heaven is all white. I personally got a problem with that. (laughs) Can I, can I tell you something? Can we talk? Okay. Heaven is not all white. Okay. Because I'm going to be there, all right? <laughs> Say amen if you know what I'm... Okay, I've got a problem with that. There's lots of color in heaven. You know, I did, I did a funeral uh, not too long ago, and a sister, she said to me, Pastor, she'd been coming to the fellowship for a long time, and she said, Pastor, I want you to preach that sermon that you preached about heaven. And, and she said, I want you to talk about the beauty and the color in heaven. And, and how beautiful it is in heaven and how people, all people are in heaven. I said, I'm happy to preach that sermon. Happy to. Because heaven is not all white. Heaven is not all black. There's no just black heaven and there's no white heaven. There's a heaven that is filled with the redeemed of the Lord. The heaven that I know and the heaven that's in the Bible is full of color. Hey, check it out in your own time. It's in the book of Revelation as John sees heaven and he describes heaven as beautiful with a lot of color 
and a lot of people of all nations, tongues, and tribes. And again, might I say, that's what I love about Calvary Chapel. This church right now is filled with all kinds of people, colors and races of people. This is what heaven looks like, saints. Yesterday, I'm talking to a white sister. She's married to a black man. She's married to a brother. And she said she went to a church, and they told her, hey, you know, the church, you know, you, this church ain't for you. You know, they got the multicultural church down there. Can you imagine somebody telling you something like that? I'd say, you know what, if that were my case, that's not my case. But if that was my case, I would say, you know what, this church, you're right. This church is not for me. And this church obviously ain't for Jesus either. Bye-bye. You see, people have their version, their ideas of heaven. People have all kinds of unscriptural ideas. There's basically two sources of what happens beyond the grave. One is human speculation, and the other is divine revelation of what the Bible says. And I personally choose to believe divine revelation of what God says about heaven and the afterlife. Amen, saints. And, you know, people are ignorant of the word, but not only are they ignorant of the word, but they're also ignorant of the power of God. Did you see that? You see, Jesus is talking about the power of God to raise someone from the dead. Jesus obviously believes in the resurrection. And if someone claims to be a Christian, they must also believe in the resurrection. If you don't believe in the resurrection, the physical bodily resurrection from the grave, I would have to tell you in love, you're not a Christian. It's that important. Because the resurrection is the, the, the hinge on which the door of Christianity swings. It's very important that you believe that. You know, someone once said, can one rule out the supernatural elements of the Christian faith and still call it the Christian faith? No, because if there's no resurrection, you don't have a Christian faith. Amen. Now, listen, I... And probably from the old school. But I still believe, saints, in the physical, bodily resurrection from the dead. If you do, say amen. I really do. And the Bible is clear in the Old Testament and the New concerning the resurrection. It's in Daniel. If you're taking notes, you write these down. I'm going to move quickly. It's in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And then you'll find another uh, reference to the resurrection in Psalm 16, verse 9 through 10. And then in Job, one of my favorites, Job chapter 19, verse 25 through 27. For I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. How my heart yearns within me, Job said. And then in John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, I tell you what, if this doesn't get your heart pounding, I don't know what will. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, 
and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to think that we will live forever in the presence of God. Many people have their ideas and questions about the resurrection. And people ask me all the time as a pastor, well, what about the guy that's burnt in fire and burned to ashes? Or they will speak of the cremation. They'll say, Pastor Rodney, is it okay to, you know, cremation? What about cremation and the resurrection? And if you cremate, then the ashes are spread out to sea. How does that, you know, affect the resurrection? One guy even posed this question. What about those who are just buried in the dirt and their bodies were dissolved into the soil and then the nutrients came up through the grass and the cow ate the grass and the cow produced the milk and someone drank the milk and they die again? Who's who in the resurrection? That's stupid. (laughs) Oh, come on. That's just dumb. You know, and and get this, and get this, it's true. Folks, 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 nothing new under the sun. Paul, you know what, Paul was asked the same question, or something like it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and you can read it in your own time, but basically it says they were asking Paul, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up, and what kind of body will they come up with? They asked Paul, and Paul says, you fool." Can you believe it? Yeah, he did. Paul says, you're a fool. Don't you know the body you sow isn't the body that comes up? That God gives the body that pleases him. You see, resurrection, and here's why I have no problem with cremation, and I don't think the Bible does. Because resurrection is not reconstruction. Resurrection is not restoration. Resurrection is new and different. It's new and it's different. It's new life and different life. How? Why? Because of the power of God. This is what Jesus is getting to. Fellas, hello, you don't understand because you don't know your Bible and you don't know the power of God. Now, here's a few things just in closing. Here's a few things that we can learn just simply by reading the text. Number one, if you're taking notes, listen, we will not be married in heaven. You will not be married. There is no marriage in heaven. Now, some people say, you know what? That's a bummer. I won't be married to my cutie patootie in heaven. Nope. And then some people say, praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. And they start speaking in tongues. I mean, I I don't know where you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But, uh, you know, oh, yes. (laughs) So, I, you know, but, but, you know, people, you know, some people want to be married for all eternity, at least especially on wedding day. You know, oh, you're going to be married forever and ever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Married for all eternity. You talk to him three weeks later. Is it really eternity? I mean, is it for, is, what's in the Greek language is forever, forever. You know, we're not going to be married in heaven. 
And for me personally, this is very personal to me, because if that were the case, then I would have a problem when we get to heaven. Because my wife was previously married. And her first husband was killed in a car accident. I don't know, 30 years ago now. We've been married 23 years, 30 years ago. So if, if, and he was a believer. So right now he's in heaven. If when Elvira dies and if when I die and we all get to heaven, him and I will be fighting over Elvira. <laughs> of course, I'm just going to get out of the way. I'm going to say, Elvira, why don't you just take care of him for me, honey, here. I'm going to take care of my light work. <laughs> Actually, he was huge. Elvira's her first husband was played football, and he was just huge. So, you know, I'd get into heaven. I'd say, well, um, can we talk about this? <laughs> Have a few words or something, you know. But we won't be married in heaven. Now, don't misunderstand me. In heaven, in heaven, there won't be like a, a, a reduction in love. Or in heaven, we won't love less. I mean, whatever is good and valuable down here on earth will be enriched in heaven. As a matter of fact, it's in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, one of my favorite verses. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, God, are pleasures forevermore. You see, in heaven, we will be ourselves at our ultimate best. We will be more capable of loving than ever before because we're going to be like Jesus. And number two, we can learn when we're in heaven, we will be. I had you circle the word in verse 30, like the angels. You see that? You see, the first thing you want to take notice of is that Jesus believed that angels existed. You see, the Bible says that angels are created by God and they are creatures and therefore not to be worshipped. They are spirit beings that never die. The Bible teaches that Satan was an angel but is a fallen angel that rebelled against God and lots of angels rebelled with him. The Bible says when, when Satan was kicked out of heaven, two-thirds of the angels went with him. Two-thirds of what number, we don't know. But a lot of angels went with him and they became demons. And so we have good angels and there are bad angels. And there are good angels who are sent to guide us, the Bible says, and to protect us. I've always wondered where my angel was when I was in trouble in 1976 in Philly. Where were you to guide me and protect me? But that's what they do in our lives. That's their role in our lives. Angels are immortal. They never die. Angels are sexless. There's no male or female. And again, they don't marry. Now, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons... They teach something that Jesus does not teach because they are ignorant of the Bible. They will teach you that you will be married in heaven. And someday you'll have and you should have multiple wives and populate your own planet. They teach something very different as it relates to angels. Well, not only will we be like angels and we won't be married in heaven, but thirdly, like angels, we'll have power and we'll have an enlarged mental capacity. We'll have power. Second Kings chapter 19 tells us that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldier, soldiers. These angels were powerful. The Bible says our bodies will be sown in weakness and raised in power. 
in heaven, our bodies will have power that we can't even comprehend right now. It is believed that angels are highly intelligent beings. So praise God in heaven, we'll have a brain. Which somewhat implies we don't have one now. Number four, like angels, we'll be sinless. Angels don't sin in heaven. They are beautiful and powerful and faultless before the throne of God. We'll be free from covetous cravings and sinful desires and no proud thoughts and no depression of spirit. No Prozac in heaven. Like angels, just sinless. And then lastly, I think here's the best part. We will forever, like angels, worship God. Now, do you know that angels don't sing? I know that messes up your Christmas story. It does mine. I've always heard the angels singing and praising God, but it doesn't say they were singing and praising God. The Bible says that the angels were saying and praising God in the Christmas story. Angels don't sing, but angels do worship. And we will worship. Angels are worshipers. Angels worship God. And they love to worship God. But there's a song, even if they did sing, that they won't be able to sing in heaven. And that's the song of the redeemed. You know that song we sing? I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There's a kid version. No, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. No, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. No, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. You roll right by those pearly gates. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Y'all don't know that song. Oh, well, whatever. But angels can't sing the song of the redeemed. The angels can't sing filled with the Holy Ghost I am. All my sins have washed away. I've been redeemed. You see, angels haven't really been redeemed and they haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and they haven't had their sins washed away. But they are worshipers and that's what they do in heaven. Angels, while we're singing the song of the redeemed, the angels will sit and fold their wings and be quiet and listen to the church sing the song of the redeemed. And we'll all worship the Lord together. And then finally in verse 32, Jesus said, I am the God of Abe, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is simply saying, I am presently the God of Abraham. I am presently the God of Isaac. And I am presently the God of Jacob. Notice he didn't say, I was, I used to be, or I'm going to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I am presently. I mean, think about it. He can't be God of the non-existent. He can't be God of... Of the dust of the earth. Jesus then as the kicker, God is not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. He is the God of the living. Why? Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are living. They are living. They never died. They're living like Christians. We will never die. We will live forever with the Lord. That's why Jesus said to Mary and Martha, he says, Mary, Martha, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, and, and if you believe in me, you shall never die. And then he said, do you believe this? 
Jesus loves to ask questions. Do you believe this? You see, that's the important thing. It doesn't matter what your grandmother believes, what your father believes, your mother who's in the ministry, your grandfather who is a preacher, what they believe. What do you believe? Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe that you'll never die? Because he's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. And Father, we bless you and we thank you. Stand to your feet, saints. And we love you this morning. We love your word. Love to just get together and talk about it. Love to worship you. Love to bless and honor you. God, love to be with your people. And we thank you, Father, that someday in heaven, we will be with your people forever and ever. The kingdom of God, every nation, tongue, tribe, and people gathered around the throne singing that one song, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.